Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Buffer, my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave the mountain should be shot on sight. Hello, contrastingly grey, miserable and damp evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 142, looking out into the grey light. Mike? Good evening, everybody. As you'll find out, this is a monumentous occasion. We have a two-parter, that is parts one and two, and it has the same name. Alan is very pleased. Pleased, indeed. Mm -hmm. Shane was supposed to join us, potentially, for this, but uh, mutual scheduling conflicts and the fact that he's a mere 12 hours ahead of us has led to not... Not that stopped him before. He's gotten up at 3 or 4 a.m. his time to record podcasts. Just not ours. No. <laughs> There's no love. Alan's not bitter. <laughs> at least not our chain, anyway. Well, at least gave you a reason, which is more than iTunes did. Yes, iTunes appears to have vanished our podcast. But I'm sure our many, many thousands of listeners will be uh, highly inconvenienced by the lack of iTunes. That's it. We do our ratings like many American stations, you know, in the Nielsen's. We are watched in three homes. That equates to 27 million people. <laughs> yes. Assuming one of the homes is actually a hotel. Oh, God, you'd have enjoyed this. I watched the first half of Pandemic. Oh, I saw a couple of tweets about it. Uh, Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> but playing the mayor's assistant, I mean, he's at least mayor, if not governor. He's senior statesman material. I gave a slightly mangled quote about uh, universe made manifest and then each one of us lost is diminished and... I'll see you again in the place where no shadows fall. And I thought it was quote more or less one episode of my friend Jan Schroeder, who JMS is quoted as saying, Jan Schroeder is insane. (laughs) Isn't she the woman that does all the cons? Well, she looked into uh, flights and accommodation for Australia when she heard that uh, JMS and Pat Tom were going to be appearing there. Yeah. And when I met Pat and Claudia in uh, Belfast initially in a horrendously designed room, I think three-story atrium concrete walls, and they didn't even bother putting up, you know, cube walls around the table to baffle the sound a bit. So it was virtually impossible to have a conversation with any amount of people there because everything was just echoing. Yeah. Claudia was like, oh, who's Jan? And because Jan had said to say, I said hi. And Pat Thomas was like, oh, Jan's lovely, you know. <laughs> She's impinged upon JMS consciousness to the extent that his parent. Oh, you can't really go wrong then, can you? No. Whenever you hear the interviews from people who, you know, who go to the cons and they get interviews with the uh, celebrities... Some of them come across, you know, oh, this is just something I'm going to do right here, right now. Others, you think, they were having a chat with you, you know, just like they're they're a friend of yours. And you can tell from the audio, Mm -hmm. they're enjoying themselves. Well, like that nice chat I had with Jennifer Bean. Yeah. We chatted merrily for a half hour. There weren't many people there, so I think she was bored and lonely, so ended up nattering happily. As Pat Tallman said, have you read Pleasure Thresholds, Pat Tallman's book? No, you keep asking me and I keep telling you no. Well... Things might have changed since I asked you last time. <laughs> I had a quick look and the Neil Stevenson cavity block that I'm reading is on audible.com for one credit and clocks in at 33 hours. <laughs> uh, but stick into the dead tree form and because of nothing else I can use, I can do reps with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at my signed slipcase edition of Making Money, which is underneath other signed photos and things. Yes, signed in silver, sort of, me- you know, the kind of metallic silver pen? Mm. It's a photo of Claudia and Patricia 
with Claudia basically cupping Patricia's breast and with her left ear pressed to Patricia's chest. Oh, that's sweet. And Patricia with those, as she puts in Pleasure Threshold's garbage pail can lid sized contacts in. <laughs> Do you mind if I shoved these? Uh, apparently she was told, oh, they're just tiny little contacts. We only put them in for 10 minutes. And then, you know, sort of, Do you mind if we shove these garbage pail can lid into your eyes for six and a half hours? That's better. Sit, stay. Good pussy cat. <laughs> you got your little whipping chair out of you. No, that's for special occasions. <laughs> he said, looking at his beastie. Are you what? Beastie. Do I really want to know? No, but I'll tell you after. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> the Flashbulb Podcast. Three to ten minutes of fiction brought to you thrice weekly. From cosmic horrors to fisticuffs, fast cars and smart mouths, we've got a chill for every spine. Find it all at flashbulb.com or search for it on iTunes. <laughs> By the way, just before we begin, have you read The Long Earth yet? Two-thirds of the way through it. Where am I? I'm not yet halfway through, because I'm still on part one and it's 11 hours long. I think I'm about four hours in. You can definitely tell when Terry's had his hand in it, you, you know, turn a phrase and you think, oh, that's Pratchett. Mm-hmm. that given that you don't read Tiffany Aching stuff, that you went for a collaboration. I do read Tiffany Aching stuff. You do? Yes, you've said this before. Must be somebody else. Apologies. you said that before as well. <laughs> Deja phase. I'm enjoying the book. It's an interesting idea. It's something a little different. I haven't read Stephen Baxter before. No, me neither. But it's sort of uh, interesting, although finding Lobsang rather irritating. Yeah, I'd imagine, uh, I think everybody that meets him finds him irritating. Mm. Joshua certainly seems to find him irritating. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm just at the point where uh, he's had to put on the gear and Joshua calmly informs him that there are stepping predators encircling him. (laughs) And then relax... Like, there's no need to be nervous. <laughs> yeah, it says lobsang from 100 feet in the air. <laughs> Joshua is understandably sceptical. <laughs> Booker, that's, what the hell did I hit? I have absolutely no idea. I may have hit the wrong thing. Well, what's the line doing now? I am returning to line. Okay, line is ready. Are we ready? Yeah, let's get going. Two or three, Iverdo, Iverhain, clicky. <laughs> Fade to black. Fading on dead bodies. Lots and lots of dead bodies. Oh, God, that looks expensive. Some propped up, some lying down. These warriors are of both Ramius and Tilgath. This meeting did not go well. Smoke, scorch marks. Oh, he's a bit fancy, isn't he? Some of these warriors have been shot in the back. They were killed while retreating. There was no honour in this battle. Shot in the back as well. Tilgath. <laughs> retreating. Running away, you mean. Hmm. Ooh, nasty. Ramius was to betray their allegiance. The first prime of Ramius. I'm assuming that's a ghoul rather than a... Doesn't look like a Jaffa with all the gold armor. He is alive. He must go from this place. Why did your master betray Tilgath? Speak. Still alive. And he looks familiar. My master did not do this. He barely escaped alive. Then what happened here? One warrior. Oopsie. Oh, <laughs> It's a Cylon. <laughs> now that's armor. It's got shields. Okay, now you can run away. Quicker than that. That's almost as good as the women were last week. Took a dozen of them to uh, do that, though. <laughs> Till lifts his head up. 
Where's the power cell? This thing? Probably built into the codpiece. Why didn't he kill Braytac? No idea. Keep firing. Oh, 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 hang on. Oh, he's not totally impervious then. No. Keep shooting, Teok. Yes, <laughs> keep going. I won't just watch him because he might get up again. You electrify the crap out of him and he does eventually sort of fall over. The eyes have gone. Mm. <laughs> yes, Braytac, you're lucky there. <laughs> Oh, nine, not quite the longest, but close. Well, that's an interesting opening to the show. Very little dialogue. Yeah. All right, then. Evolution, part one. Season seven, episode 11. The Gatecast, 142nd episode. Directed by Peter DeLuise. From a story by Damien Kindler and Michael Shanks. Mm. Teleplay by Damien Kindler. Michael Shanks just probably said, here's an idea about a super soldier. Brilliant. Let's go with it. Right, now give me a credit because I'm a main star. That's what you get a credit for. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, Daniel. Or Michael, even. First heard in the US, August 22nd, 2003. The UK got it in December the 8th, 03. Australia, September the 8th, 2004. And the Canadians, November the 18th, same year. That's like 15 months. Yep. Of course, there's a movie evolution that shares its name, but also episodes of TNG, Sex and the City, Dangerous Mind, Shifters, and vice versa. Nice, the stock footage gave the opportunity to say that. <laughs> yeah, because it's a good idea to bring this back. I strapped him in just in case he'd come alive or because I thought they might drop him. <laughs> I assume yes. the idea is that there must have been more than one of these warriors that took out the other group. What the hell happened out there? <laughs> yes, that's the general. What the hell happened? However, when we arrived, Ramis had already fled. All those who remained had been slain, including Tilgath. If you thought there was going to be trouble, why'd you send to Jafar? I know they could blend in, but Tilk in his SGC outfit wouldn't blend in, of course. He was unlike any warrior we had previously encountered. Obviously, you were able to take him down. He withstood the brunt of our weapons fire before finally succumbing. Its armor must protect it from energy-based weapons. Mm. If that's the case, we could be dealing with an entirely new kind of technology. And we believe this wasn't a setup by Ramius to kill Tilgath. Can't believe that they all died without inflicting damage on him. Well, maybe they did inflict damage on him. And, I mean, like, what you've got is Braytac and Teal doing the equivalent of opening the jar after everyone else has loosened it. Yeah, I thought, oh, that was, that was easy. Mm. Do it. I want to know everything we can about this warrior. Yeah, let's scan him with the armor on, because that's a good idea. Yeah, you're not getting much of an image, are you? Mm. Jacob suddenly appeared there. The suit must be affecting the MRI. As long as he's wearing that armor, we're not going to learn anything more. No, Jacob. <laughs> Looking for the join. Mm. This helmet is made up of two pieces. Pass me those forceps. Press here. Anybody got a Phillips screwdriver, anybody? Damn, it's in metric. Oh, it's not even a subtle reference. (laughs) Gooey. Looks like he's fused right into the suit. Some sort of breathing filtration system. Seriously, with the sound effects, come on. (laughs) Well, 
looks he looks very unhealthy. No wonder he wears a suit. Not a species we've seen before. Nope. Ah. <laughs> we've seen that before. It's a gold. Quite frankly, that's not as shocking as the host. Really, sir? How so? It has an incredibly unusual organ structure. Everything's out of proportion. Physiologically, the heart and lungs had to be abnormally large to supply enough blood and oxygen to its muscles. Basically, it's like someone tried to genetically engineer the perfect athlete without any concern for longevity. Leaving it to the symbiote to sustain its life. Who cares? It's a throwaway soldier. Yeah, the soldier was actually played by Dan Payne, who had to hold his breath while on the slab because the dummy they had uh, didn't look real. Yeah, dear. The mask actually fit so tight he couldn't actually breathe in it. <laughs> Great, can we use it? What does that mean? The warrior's armor appears to possess some sort of advanced energy absorption technology. If it works the way I think it does, it wouldn't matter how many staff or zap blasts were fired at it. Nothing would get through. Are you suggesting that Teal and Braytac didn't kill this ghoul? Yes, sir. Apparently the host was on the verge of a pulmonary failure long before it encountered them. It had a heart attack? Ah. Mm. Sorry, Tilkin. You didn't stop it. You and Braytac just got lucky. Wow. Fortunate or what? What are the odds? <laughs> oh, dear. Wait to inflate to your It is organic, but it was definitely created in a lab. Wow. Fortunate or what? What are the odds? <laughs> oh, dear. Wait to inflate to your seagull. How can you tell? Look, serial number on his side. <laughs> Made in Taiwan. This was obviously intended to be a new form of foot soldier, possibly a reaction to the recent uprising of the Jaffa. What's most interesting is that this being was not alive when it was first grown. It was given life after it reached its mature state. I say, when they were filming this, they'd have to pause after about a minute or so so that Dan could actually lift the mask and breathe. He, well, actually, it's not shot from what it's not on screen for more than about five or six seconds at a time. Oh, Selmak. Mm-hmm. Could it give life to something that wasn't alive in the first place? No. A sarcophagus is designed to boost health and longevity, heal or revive someone terminally injured. They are nowhere near powerful enough to animate non living cellular. Someone doesn't sound right about the voice. Uh, let's roll out the uh, Deus Ex Machina. Yes, there's always a ghoul that's done something in the distant past. It's about time they actually made an encyclopedia of all the gourds throughout history and what they've been up to, mm-hmm. even if they've been long since dead. It'd come in real handy. Genetic memory? No, for the SCC. Instead of actually, you know, oh, something happened, we'll tell you about it now. The Tokra have long sought this device in the hope of using it to perfect the sarcophagus technology so that we could all benefit from it. Now, it may be the key to fighting this new warrior. Oh. With the device, we may be able to devise a weapon to counteract its life-giving energy. Who was the first school to find the device? His name was Tel Chuck. Hmm. So, Factus Scofficus technology. So we don't end up with evil Daniel. Daniel accesses his memory. The light bulb goes on. Quite literally, the office have got a light. Amazing. Yeah, well, this isn't CSI, you know, so the room can be brightly lit. It was a piece of alien technology used by early Mayan tribes around 900 B.C., Nick traces origins to Chak, the Mayan god of rain. And you think this Chak may have actually been Telchak? Just a hunch. <laughs> Maybe not just a hunch. Ah. Ah. The primary function of the device was to heal, right? For the ancients. For humans to see any positive effect, it would be from very limited exposure at a safe distance. Still, if the device was kept hidden near a water source, it could be the basis of the Fountain of Youth mythology. 
Nick believed Chuck's temple was located somewhere in Central America. He spent decades of his life searching for it, but came up empty. Oh, Andy Griffith appears to have died. Yes. You don't understand, I'm barely allowed to look at my phone and walk these days. I don't catch up on news until I come home. <laughs> well, I figure half the things you say during the podcast are actually refer to something totally different. Okay. Is that what you edit out? Well, no, if I didn't put your little ooh, ah, in, we'd only have half the podcast. <laughs> ooh. Ah. How can we be certain the device is there? Uh, well, we can't, but... Uh... We think we know who's responsible for creating the gold warrior. Telchuk? No. After Telchuk created the sarcophagus, Anubis went to war with him for possession of the original ancient device. And that was long ago, before Anubis attempted to ascend. Anubis defeated Telchuk. But he never did find the device. Oh dear. We have this season's big bad. Who's got bigger and badder? Well, you think about it, who else could actually have the technology to produce something like the Warrior? He has the technology. As we've been told, the system lords are being very wary of the Jafar. Because mm. they can't be trusted. And Anubis can. <laughs> the original ancient device is most probably still here on Earth. If we could analyze the technology of this device... It might be possible to engineer a weapon we can use against these warriors. Not to mention the possibility of harnessing its power to heal. Very well. Dr. Jackson, take Dr. Lee and see what you can find. Dismissed. The system lords themselves don't really have access to the technology that Anubis has, thanks to his ascended status. Semi-ascended. Well, he's ascended, and he's come back, and he, he remembers most of what he learned. Mm-hmm. I'm like Daniel. It's a shame. Why don't the good guys get these advantages? <laughs> Honduras, aka Vancouver. Yep. The Greater Vancouver Regional District, to be more precise, where they normally shoot jungle footage. <laughs> and don't we have our favourite scientist? Yes, Dr. Lee, played by Bill Dow. Come on, you know they're Americans and they only speak English. Except for Daniel, of course. Who's just showing off. Oye, Pedro, este cargo, tío. I am Rogelio. Rogelio Duran, at your service. This is just my day job. Really, Rogelio? Rogelio, played by Zach Santiago. Not Latino at all. He's been in V, Sanctuary, Fairly Legal, Defying Gravity, and a couple of episodes of Stargate Universe. I'm going to watch an episode of that tonight. Defying Gravity. Just in case you're wondering, since you listen to it, seven shows. I'm sorry to tell you this, senor, but there are no temples there. What you want to do is go north. That's where all the good stuff is. There's lots of ruins. My cousin has a truck. We could be there in five hours. And would you like to meet my sister? <laughs> yes. Senor, I've been to this part of the country many times. There's nothing there, I promise you. North, that's where you want to go. Trust me. Look, either you take us south or we'll find someone who will. If you look in the background, you'll see a number of people pretending to be uh, revelers. Relatives of the crew? Well, we have the bad guy in the far left. We have a guy on the barbecue who was actually told by Peter DeLuise to be disgusting, you know, scratching himself, picking his nose, mm. dropping stuff while he's uh, barbecuing meat. And swigging <laughs> from a bottle of something. That's it. Pay the man in the open. You can trust all these people around here. Don't worry about it. You might as well just give him the whole wad, mate, and be done with it. <laughs> okay, now we're talking business. Let's go, gentlemen. Um, look, I, I need a receipt or something. i got to fill in my finger. <laughs> Expenses, claims? Ah, bad guy. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad guy. Then his strategy is to assassinate any minor Goa'uls vulnerable to attack, absorbing their troops and resources in preparation for battle with Baal and the system lords. 
How many more of these so-called minor ghouls have suffered attacks? At least three. And there's the rest of the plot. Okay, thank you, Brian. Fortunately, my brain has not neatly divided this into part one and part two. You're old Tony Amendola. Hope everybody's watching him in continuum. I really need to watch episode probably three, four, and five at this point. Yes. <laughs> if Dr. Jackson can recover this ancient device... Even if he does. There is no guarantee that Tokra can devise a weapon capable of fending off these warriors. We were only able to learn a limited amount from our study of the dead warrior and its armor. The only way to learn more is through interrogation. Which means we have to capture one alive. He hasn't aged much, to be honest. In ten years, he's done an RDA, he's just done it later in life. Yeah. See, when you shave off the grey beard, he doesn't look as old. Yeah, and you take the skull cap off as well. The warrior's armour is able to resist our strongest armour-piercing weapons, as well as absorb energy weapon fire. However, we've discovered that the material is made up of a close-knit fibre that's very similar to Kevlar, meaning something small and sharp should be able to penetrate, such as a fine-tipped trinium dart. Oh, that's going to be fun. What makes you think it actually talks? Have you heard it talk yet? No. Well, it's dead. According to Braytac, the fact that this Ramius is still alive makes him a likely target. And there are enough rebel Jaffa under his command that gaining access to the planet shouldn't be a problem. The plan is to stake out the Stargate on Ramius's planet, capture one of the warriors when it comes through. What if one doesn't come through? Well, we come home, I suppose. That's it, Jack. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jack! Well, you've got to throw a wrench into these plans. Well, you know, this is sometimes... Jack. I mean, why would he be cruel to poor El Amanda? He's asking the right questions. At least he's showing an interest. Yes, well, he is the commanding officer. Always away. It worked with the Gould's defence shields. Hmm. It won't be a problem at all. They're hardly under his command, now, are they? Well, technically not, no. Now, that's a nice bit of CGI. Yes. I presume it's just matting shot footage of an actual waterfall to... What's really a studio set based on the lighting? That's a lot of animation if they didn't do it. A couple of hundred grand's worth of uh, computer effects for five seconds on screen. Now, it's worth noting at this point that uh, Bill Dow... Bill Lee, sorry, who plays... No, Bill Dow, who plays Bill Lee, that's it, did his own stunt, which is coming up in about a minute. Mm. So, by all means, listen to Daniel and Rahulio, but watch Bill in the background. Mm. Or maybe it means the water flow from that waterfall back there flows in the direction of the temple. Well, it should be right here, but... Uh... Nobody ever listens to me, man. I tell them there are no temples out here, but what do they do? They come out here anyways. Now, the north. The north has roads. We could drive to any temple we want, but instead, we're out here walking through this jungle. Yeah, okay. Um, let's spread out, look for a temple. <laughs> I'd expect him to be a little more sweaty and probably covered in mosquitoes as well. Yes. They said it was a very sunny day, but obviously it's not going to be uh, the tropics, is it? Well, it's Vancouver's version of uh, sunny. <laughs> yeah, which is about Whoa. it. Whoa! Oh. <laughs> <Found it. laughs> that is a nice shot. I don't know, sometimes these go all, you know, really are so arrogant, they don't even expect anybody to come a visiting. Well, no, obviously not. They expect them to come attacking, and they're not very subtle about that. I will go now to ensure that your eventual escape undetected brother Tecmate Master Braytac it is an honour to be in your service many thanks Adal Chalnok Adal is played by Craig Erickson that's quite fit Supernatural Dead Zone and The Collector one of the uh, free Jafar working under I forgot the system lord's name Ramius is it yes since when has plan A ever worked right 
Okay, are they going to get back? Was that Daniel? That was Daniel swinging down, wasn't it? I imagine so. You okay? Yeah, fine. <clears throat> At least you were right about there being something here. Yeah, otherwise we can't get back. Mm. Well, no, there's two of them, so one could sort of stand on the other. <laughs> there's no idea what Daniel's talking about. It's definitely early morning still more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just, just go, yeah, yeah, just... Yeah, just smile and nod, smile and nod. <laughs> Hope you'll talk at a nice M60. SG-3 Sierra, this is SG-19er. What's your status? We're maintaining position. Stargate is secure. There's no activity. An ambush, SGC style. Not exactly hidden, are they? Maybe we should start a pool. Uh, Sam's got a little gun again. Jack's mm -hmm. bored. Meanwhile, deep underground. At least we have a clear and logical break from A and B story. I mean, I mean, why would they make these passageways so narrow? Maybe they were skinny people. I'm on the roof. Oh my god, skinny short people. Oh come on, <laughs> come on, Bill, stop moaning. <laughs> you spend too much time in the lab. Well, you know, in virtually any other series, this role is played by Brent Spiner, and I think Brent could have played it quite well, actually. Nothing in the walls or ceiling, no glyphs, no seals, no ancient script. Not even a pictograph. Isn't there always writing? Come on, Daniel, think about the canteen. You know, I mean, somewhere, there's bound to be. Maybe not. SG-19, this is SG-3 Sierra. Target has just come through the gate and is on route to your position. Alright, heads up. That trank gun has got pretty decent range if Jack's gonna fire it from there. Is that the shield trigger little purple thing she's got? <laughs> and it jogs in slow motion. Yes, it's a bit ponderous. Is it trying to employ weight? Go ahead. Ooh, not bad. And it's just gonna walk straight through it if memory serves. Well, the shield worked. Mm. Not impressed. Not impressed at all. No, not impressed. Carter. I don't understand, sir. Hit him again? Sir Dirk can kill him. We want him alive. No, we don't. Yes, it wasn't so simple, was it, Sam? Mm. I wouldn't worry about getting him alive. And I'd worry about remaining alive ourselves. Oh, cheers, mate. <laughs> Jack switched off the tranquil. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So the ghoul guys stand up and let, let's present obvious red short coloured targets. This is a guy who's not really a huge fan of guns. Every time he gets behind a big gun, he just goes crazy with it. Well, that's already A in fairness. That's not Jack. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'd let him pass. I won't trouble him anymore. Oh. Uh, I guess I'm no longer trying to take him alive. Fire the hole! He's still coming. Mm. He's mucked up the suit a bit, though. He's gonna have to have a wash. No, his suit's all dirty. That was a nice shot, though. C4! You sank my battleship. Oh. <laughs> Put the shine back. Mm-hmm. It's all clean now. Mr. Muscle Loving Cleaner. Mm. Is it going to casually shoot Braytac, or...? Well, he just walked past him again. He obviously doesn't consider him a threat. And does he know Braytac? And they've got standing orders not to kill Braytac. Braytac, buddy! C4! 
sir, our position's been made. All right, grab the wounded. Saddle up. Wounded? I don't think there are wounded. SG-3 Sierra, dial a gate. We're aboarding the mission. Negative, SG-1. We have Major Unfriendly Jaffa closing in on our position. We cannot hold the gate. Repeat, Stargate is not secure. Soon we will be surrounded. If we fight, many more will die. Hang on a minute. All the Jaffa are dead and only one SUC member is wounded. Well, they screwed this plan up, didn't they? Well, we're not going to fight, so... That makes sense. That wouldn't make sense, a single episode, but it's your part of this room. It's uncanny how many two-parters they have them captured at some point, isn't it? It gives them something to do, you know? And, of course, gives Jack plenty of time for quips with his jailers. Yes. Dr. Jackson, Dr. Lee... Yeah, we're here. We uh, found a chamber. Gonna be a while. Ah, take your time, senor. Hmm. Then why are you calling impatiently? Oh, we're panning by the hour. <laughs> I don't understand. How are we supposed to find this thing if there is no writing? All water flows towards it. So? Now, I wouldn't have got to this in a million years. The canteen bit? Yeah. Well, I'm probably getting to it because I've seen it before, but I think it did occur to me when I saw it the first time. What good second ago? Come on. There you go, Daniel. <laughs> this isn't water, though. This is vodka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Explains a lot. Isn't Daniel carrying a canteen? Apparently not. Or he is, and most is water instead. Yeah. Is it possible the chamber is just angled that way? Could be, yeah. These Mayans really made nice flat floors. Yes, a floor too flat to exist in nature. I can hear dead water. That nice shot again because, you know, you quite waste all that map painting. Hmm. Okay, Jack, it's quip time. Come on. How's he doing? He's stable for now, but we got to get him out of here soon. I'm fine. You're not. Jafar! Oh, it's Reynolds, Colonel Reynolds. Hmm. Haven't seen him for a while. Played by Eric Brecker. The Mini Gould. The fun size version. Jack's going to slag him off about this, isn't he? Greetings. <laughs> He's got nothing. <laughs> well, uh, I know how this looks. So I think it's important we clear up any misunderstanding right away. We did not come to kill you. <laughs> Honest. Honest. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of vocal support there, isn't there? Yes. The fact is, and this is the fun part, we actually came to save your ass. Says, all your asses. Do you see the irony? <laughs> this isn't going well. It's good to have Jack in an episode, though, for more than two minutes. <laughs> There's this guy out there. Big guy. Big guy in a black suit. None too fond of you ghouls. He's got stoic down. He must have taken Deok lessons. Well, anyway, he's the one we're after, not you. So, if you want to let us go, we'll be on our way. To save the world another day. You're not buying this, are you? Jafar! That was Ramius, played by Todd Thompson. He's been in the killing. (laughs) That's a little unnecessary, Amanda. Well, I think she's still a bit upset about him questioning her plan earlier. Why, her plan did bloody work. Yeah, true. 
that's a nice thick slab, but where are they getting the leverage to lift it up since there isn't enough room? Yeah. Yeah, make that polystyrene look heavy. <laughs> that's ruined my manicure. useless, aren't you, Daniel? I mean, seriously. <laughs> Don't pick up alien artifacts like that. Sort of technology of a sarcophagus, which by itself causes madness and addiction. This is supposedly something far more powerful. So accidentally activating it could be bad. Okay. Let's just try picking it up without touching it too much. Yes, indeed. That has never stopped you before. <laughs> what? Oh. Put gloves on, that might tell you know, skin contact and things like that. Whatever you do, don't drop it. Someone's been walking out. I could see uh, Daniel's veins along the arm there. It don't look that heavy, look. Oop. Uh oh. Oh dear. You've seen that in so many mummy movies. <laughs> Lovely. Oopsie. Lovely. Dr. Jackson, can you hear me? No, I'm trying to drown here. <laughs> Bracket water gushing back. Obviously, that was a you, you could tell it was a practical effect and not mm -hmm. CGI. Just a couple of hundred gallons of water dumped on them, mm. and then pressure gun and start to actually blow the walls out. No wonder Braytax lived so long <laughs> while all his contemporaries have died. He gives up at the slightest provocation. Yes, you call this living? You're worried that the super soldier will kill Ramius and then just slaughter the rest of us. <laughs> super soldier? No. It has a ring. Most likely the warrior was only after Ramius. When we attacked, its only concern was escape, so that the mission may be completed. So what, we just sit around while Ramius gets whacked? Then what? Mm. Then, then you escape. Yes, then we watch our man die. I don't think you're going to get much out of these guys, Jack. Hey. Quite possibly. Hey, what, a little conversation going to kill you? Yes, you don't know our system, Lord, do you? <laughs> I know you're all about loyalty. Well, so am I. In fact, many's the silence. Yep. And when he says don't talk to the prisoners, he means it. Let's give him the uh, Jafar are not God speech. Hear me, Jafar. Your master is a false god and will surely be defeated. However, you still have a chance to be free. Your words mean nothing to me. I know who you are. The Sholva, Tilk, and Braytak. O'Neill of the Tauri. Assassins who believed they could slay my master. I'm supposed to a chance to be dead. Well, if we're assassins, who's that? Hmm. The unkillable. You think there's a wanted poster that went round all the system lords? Something's going on. Can you hear me? <laughs> No, the radio doesn't work too well underwater. Now, take a look at this. This is basically a hole in the ground, roughly the size of a telephone box, mm -hmm. full of water. And sooner or later, Daniel pops up, and Mr. Dow is still in the water, waiting. <laughs> on the commentary, you know, they're actually quite rightly praising him, because he doesn't look it. He's not a good physical actor. <laughs> Okay, I, I thought you were dead for sure. What happened, senor? 
We figured some sort of trap. I think I figured out why those passageways were so narrow. It's to prevent people from escaping alive. You're good. What have you found? Oops. <laughs> Beyond you. Beyond you. <laughs> I'm not going to rob you, senor. Oh, we recognise him. Yep. He's put the beer down and the ladies and picked up his AK-47. And he's chuckling as well. He must be crazy now. <laughs> Obviously not too mentally stable to begin with. Consider this. Does it sound like it's going well? Your master will be slain to you if you do not free us. You lie. My master is a god. He is invincible. Firing slash screaming. <laughs> yeah, hold yourself in its path. You're next, you know. Remus will force you to die for him while he attempts to escape. My god will fight for his people. You are wrong, my friend. Your god is somewhere cowering in fear like a child. I have seen it before. He will not hesitate to sacrifice all your lives to save his own. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Protect me. That's pretty much a given for a god, isn't it? Seriously, he really wasn't going to let you out yet. <laughs> Sir. Save the colonel. Colonel. Hang in there, Reynolds. As long as it takes. Mm, about 11 minutes, I'd say. Some more painkillers and some antibiotics would help. Mm. Yeah, because Reynolds is in a position to be moved quickly. Go now before it comes for you. Go, go, go. Come on, guys. This Jaffa played by Craig Johnson, ended up doing four episodes of SG-1, also in Psych, Smallville, Supernatural, The 4400, Battlestar, mm. a.k.a. The Usual Canadian Productions. Listen, this is some sort of turf thing we're not aware of. Uh, we're sorry. Oh, no, senor, please, por favor, don't speak. No, I'm just saying that, that, that whoever you guys think we are, we're not. Who do I think you are? I don't know. We're, uh, we're scientists, archaeologists, as a matter of fact. Hmm. You're Americans. You're CIA, obviously. Mm-hmm. Reminds <laughs> me of that The Fall of Sam X movie. Yeah. Except not quite so colourful camouflage. Nope. Uh, I tripped. I'm sorry. Gee, I can't see anything. Oh, <laughs> we take, we'll take a blindfolds off. Where's he going? They are armed. Mm-hmm. happened? Guide, try to run. What can you do? Maybe now we all stay on the path. Hey, muchachos, after you. Vámonos. I believe it. The subtitle actually went to ARG. <laughs> <laughs> well, did, it, did it go bang as well? No, it didn't go bang, but actually A-R-G-H. <laughs> <laughs> This is starting to look like a familiar tableau. I admit I just wanted the excuse to use the word tableau in a sentence. I'd put money on it. If you got close-ups of the faces, there'd be the same bodies that were in the opening scene. That's nice, in the centre of the transport ring. One of the ships. Sir, I think we still have a chance to capture the warrior. <laughs> she never gives up, does she? Hmm? Jet engine. Oh. <laughs> well, don't stop, then. Yeah, I stand there and look up stupidly. <laughs> We've got him. Transport cycle complete. Carter, did you get 
he's got heavy weaponry. I'd imagine he could do some pretty serious damage even from the cargo hold yeah, without in front of it. If they're going into orbit, they should care. Far enough. Agarralo. Levanselo. The English subtitles, by the way, don't bother to translate the Spanish. They <laughs> subtitle it in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know what you expect, but no one's going to pay anything for us. We're not worth anything. That is unfortunate for you, because if no one pays, you'll both die. Yeah, simple economics. Mm. Money, money, money. It's still unconscious. Not surprising, considering we voided the cargo bay of life support as soon as we got it on board the ship. It took ten minutes for it to pass out. I'm surprised it's even still alive. Put up a hell of a fight, sir. <laughs> Your phone's ringing. Hammond. Very well. That were my nieces. Yeah. Your prisoner is awake. Is this your man again? This is Mr. Payne again, yep. Is he in much? Yeah. Is he in much followed by his surname? He speaks. I'm surprised he speaks, to be honest, because he doesn't look like his vocal cords will have developed. Mm -hmm. Dan Payne, been in Sanctuary, Tin Man, Smallville, Early Legal, five episodes of Stargate Atlantis and 13 of SG-1. Mm. He was the security man who actually manhandled Mini Jack. Yeah. Okay, can we kill him now? I think it's safe to assume they're not going to get anything more out of him. Have you found anything else? Our initial scans indicate below normal brainwave patterns emanating from both the symbiote and the host. Basically, he's got all the strength and healing powers of a normal Goa'uld, but none of the normal personality traits. The Goa'uld use sophisticated brainwashing techniques. I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> that actually sounds rather good. <laughs> now, that was an unfortunate choice of phrase immediately after they used sophisticated brainwashing techniques. The first thing Thomas Davis says is, I'm open to suggestion. <laughs> Please tell me you know it's had the first couple of times. Bro. Yes, I'm evil. Listen to the music. Sir? Any word from Daniel? No, Dr. Jackson is now six hours overdue for his regular contact schedule. That's late, even for Daniel. Yes, let's mention the BARC. We've only got five minutes left. They've sent some people to the last reported location. Ooh, Honduras. I assume he had a sat phone as opposed mm. to a walkie-talkie. If his brainwaves are compatible with the device, we should be able to see whatever he's thinking holographically. Ah, this thing. Oh, convenient. Well, it's nice to see this technology again. Hmm. Till, he is not scared of you at all. What is your planet of origin? He may not even know. He's going to break that restraint, isn't he? Why would he? Why would he know the location of his homeworld? That's the sky above his planet. I don't recognize any of these star configurations. This could be anywhere. 
We have star mapping technology that should be able to pinpoint this location in the galaxy. What do they do in the evening? Mm-hmm. Sit outside on a lounger just looking at the stars? Yep. You wouldn't have thought they'd even leave any sort of compound. they go straight to the gate or a ship and go on his mission. Oh, smug. You got the impression I thought there he was going to break the restraint. Raphael, the terrorist leader, is played by Frank Roman. There's large cockroaches there. I know it's not much, but we do what we can. Mm-hmm. Daniel got something in his eye because he, he didn't have it open when they threw him in there. They've got the plastic zip cups. Well, they're a pain to undo. <laughs> they're not designed to be undone, are they? They're designed to be cut off. You can't open them without cutting them. I've used them as cable toys. It's a damn so easy. You just got the bloody thing. It is exactly. It is easier. You're right. I will ask questions. You give me answers. I believe you. You get more water, food, maybe even a blanket at night. Okay? No, you are so clear. Okay. Who do you work for? I told you we're archaeologists. We maybe were... I was not so clear. If I don't believe you, things get worse for you. Much worse. You kill us, you get nothing. At least they look properly sweaty now. <laughs> Tell us what we want yeah, to know, or we cut bits off the other one. Bye, Daphne. Nice to meet you. Who lives, who dies. That's up to you, my friend. Okay, you, uh, you listen to me. What you're doing now is a big mistake. See, people, very powerful people are going to come for us. And, uh, well, let's just say by, uh, by letting us go now, you're going to save yourself a lot of trouble. Again, Daniel with his mm. eye. What's all here? Is it the sun shining on it or something? Could be sunshine. Okay. Mm. Yes, I know what Jack is capable of. Yep. When you, especially when you kidnap his space monkey. Mm-hmm. He's not buying it, is he, really? Yep. Understand this. I will not hesitate to kill you both. Make an example of you for your government so the next time they will take us seriously. You should know. Many prisoners talk as you do. My friends will come and save me. Gives them hope. No offense, maybe that's a small knife. Mm-hmm. That's not a knife. <laughs> I expect something bigger. <laughs> You're gonna throw at me. Do it with something bigger. Indeed. Surprisingly enough, Frank, who plays Raphael isn't Latin American. Mm-hmm. He was born in New York. Mm. Lived in Florida. So are they saying the symbols on the gate map up to constellations seem to be employed by that graphic? Toka call it Tartarus. It's a seemingly unoccupied planet on the edge of gold controlled space. The Toka are currently trying to get as close as they can to assess any defenses that might be there. Sir? I'm afraid I have some bad news. I just received a communique from the State Department in Washington. It appears that Daniel Jackson and Dr. Lee have been kidnapped. Our best guess is they've crossed the border into Nicaragua, however, as of this point. You can't trust them, can you? Mm. Not the best place in the world for a couple of white guys. No. <laughs> white Americans at that. Ah, uh, TBC. That was appropriately inconclusive, but I have to say, not really a massive cliffhanger. It was a very understated episode. Hmm. It had, you know, a few action sequences which were pretty impressive. Some nice scenery, but you think they're saving everything for the second part. 
Yeah, but to be honest with you, this first episode of the show you'd seen, would you bother with the second part? I think they know you are, you know. At, the, at this point, the only people who are watching Stargate are the diehard fans. They're not really picking up casual viewers these days. You think not? No. Uh-huh. But it was okay. Nothing spectacular, but that's what you get with a mid-season, near mid-season-ish. Uh, mine's gone blank. That's always a worry. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's better when it actually has stuff in it. <laughs> that is true. The sci-fi channel actually went for a break between August and January. Good God. Can I also, at this point, since I'm on the Facebook page, welcome Kelly McCullough to the group, added by Mike eight hours ago. Yes, it's wonders what you can do during your lunch break at work. And I've got access to the internet. Ooh. I'm not going to bother reading the blurb because it's the same. <laughs> yeah, there probably wouldn't be much difference. <laughs> I think it is literally identical. Let me just check. Yep, it is. The priestess on the Stargate Solutions site is identical for part one and part two. Yeah. No, that's not a text, that's an email. <laughs> Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. We have some email feedback this week from Colin about evolution. Part 1 sees the introduction to a deadly super soldier. Luckily for Tilk, he is past his lifetime warranty and drops dead before he can kill them. But it is a brilliant opening that shows you how dangerous Anubis is with all his enhanced knowledge. Genetically modified soldiers with energy-absorbing armour would dramatically change the face of the war. This is a great episode. You have the team splitting up to cover different angles that play to their strengths, while the action clicked along at a nice pace. Asphyxiation being the weapon of choice, with Daniel getting kidnapped by gorillas. Don't these people know how South America is dangerous? Thanks, Colin. Yeah, at times it's good to see the team being split up and each member excelling in their own way. Michael and Colin also tweeted about Birthright. Michael tweeted... Birthright was a good episode. Always good to see Jolene Blalock. Great review and podcast as always. Live long and prosper. Colin replied, Written for her as well. Chris has taste. Michael responded, Very good taste indeed. Totally agree, guys. If you're going to write a script and character, you may as well indulge yourself. We have some notable Stargate birthdays during the next week. On the 30th of July, William Atherton celebrates his birth. He played Varta in the Season 9 SG-1 episode, Collateral Damage and you will certainly know his face from his roles in Die Hard and Ghostbusters. The 31st sees the birthday of Christina Cox, who fronted Blood Ties, and has also been on Defying Gravity and Combat Hospital. She has played three roles in the Stargate franchise, twice on SG-1, Sentinel and the Spirits, and as leader of an SG team in the Atlantis episode Whispers. Jason Momoa's birthday is on the 1st of August. He recently starred on Game of Thrones and was the lead in the Conan movie. But for us, he was the runner Ronan Dex in Atlantis. Also on the first, the great Dom DeLuise would have celebrated his birth. He guest starred in the SG-1 episode Ergo, and had a long movie career. But for us, he fathered both Peter, Michael and David DeLuise, who made their mark to various degrees on the Stargate franchise. We finally remember Donis Davis on the 4th of August. By all accounts, a wonderful human being and a great performer. Finally, on the 5th of August, Chuck Campbell, who played Chuck, the technician on both SG-1 and SGA, celebrates his birth. He also played the two-faced man in Sanctuary. Those are some of the birthdays of Stargaters over the upcoming week. I am positive there are more that I do not yet know about, and will of course mention them as and when during the week. Thanks for the feedback and comments on various portals. The feedback and just general overall community is seriously appreciated. If you want to get in touch with us, then these are the ways. The Gatecast website can be found at gatecast.facecast.com. Links to episodes not found on the current RSS feed can be found there as well. 
Our Facebook and Google Plus pages are listed under The Gatecast, and our Twitter ident is The Gatecast, which is one word. Finally, the old tried and trusted email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. It is still the best and most reliable way of getting in touch with us. And if you're feeling adventurous, why not record us a little MP3 so we can play it on the show? It makes life so much easier when we know how to pronounce somebody's name. So feel free to send us any comments or feedback you have on the show, or any aspect of the fandom. Retweets, plus ones, URLs, pictures, sound files, anything like that is more than welcome. We'll always do our best to put any feedback into the show itself. One world, one universe, the journey never ends. Stargate forever. Right then, that was Evolution Part 1. Next week we'll be covering Alan. Evolution Part 2! Woohoo! Which, strangely enough, in the commentary, which I actually didn't mention much during the recording of this episode, probably because I actually fell asleep while I was watching this episode the other night. <laughs> you do need some <laughs> sleep, Mike. You're getting on, you know? The trouble was, I had to run an errand for my parents and ended up going to bed at 10pm. 10pm. Gasp. I know, it's obscene. I don't get up till half seven, I still not a bit of tempy. <laughs> Peter DeLuise on the commentary, along with Gary Jones, actually commented that how rare it is to have a two-parter with the same name, so even they recognise the fact. Good people, good people. So next week, Evolution Part 2. I hope you join us for that. So until then, take care, have fun, watch a lot of Stargate, and join us next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com Thank you.